spilled water on my little coaster. My daughter made me this little coaster. I think that's a tree. I'm not sure. That's a dog or a lion or some kind of anthropomorphic. Uh, welcome to Fill My Hole. My name is Phil Balabanos. There's a lot going on in the world. It has not been a slow news week, that's for sure, since the last time I sat down here. But uh, I'll be honest, I don't even want to fucking talk about any of it. Um, I'm kind of sick of talking about the same things over and over again, be it here or on the morning show. The morning show, which you can catch live twice a week on Pantelis Comedy. There's a link in the description um, where we talk about the news and we rib on the news. And George tries to tell us the news and we just say nonsense, Pantelis, Poseidon and I. But I feel like I've entered into this perpetual loop of the same news. I don't feel like me discussing it or giving my opinion on it anymore is helping. It's not making it worse, but it's not helping. It's not like anyone gives a shit what I have to say. I mean, some people care what I have to say, but I don't, I don't, what I'm trying to say is they don't care enough that it's going to change how they feel about something, right? And that was never my goal, but it, it's kind of this, this, I don't know, it's disappointing for one, that's for sure. But you just, you go on and on and on, and by you, I mean me or us here, about the same stuff, and you just see people doing the same things. And I'll give you an example. I just realized I cut myself shaving last night, which I haven't done. Well, I don't shave often. I just shave right here. But I haven't cut myself shaving in like maybe 12 years. And I get a little cut right there and right there. Time to change the old razor blades. So it's February, the darkest, deepest part of the winter in Canada. It's cold. It's shitty. The only good thing that happens in February is my wife's birthday. Uh, you know, like the world's about to off itself, and then we're like, hey, Anna's still here. And then everyone's happy. Um, so during this dark, deep, sad, yucky, highest instance of people offing themselves month of the year, uh, you still have the protests going on in Ottawa. Justin Trudeau has emerged uh, from his isolation, his self-isolation. So the way I did the math, I figured it out. He was in potentially at-risk isolation. So like he may have had contact. So he isolated for two and a half to three days. Then he found out he had COVID. <laughs> so then he isolated for another five days. On the seventh day of those five days, he re-emerged at Parliament. Looking fatter, by the way. I mean, I'm not trying to fat shame the guy, but it seems like he put on a lot of weight in five days. I'm not sure why. It just his face looks rounder. But anyways, I think he should grow the beard back. Personally... He might even change my mind about keeping him if he grows the beard back. Because a beard, beard says a lot about a man. Um, so Trudeau's back at the parliament. The protesters have had their fuel um, confiscated by, uh, I think, OPP or maybe the RCMP. I don't remember. Um, and they're trying to figure out ways around it, like how they're going to stay warm without their fuel. And I'm just watching this unfold, right? And when all this started... I started, I re-followed someone who I had unfollowed years ago because I just had lost interest in their content. Not because I disagreed with them, just I got bored. Uh, he's a vice investigative journalist. Now, if that's not the fucking oxymorons of oxymorons, a vice investigative journalist, I remember, vice is like CNN to me, and I don't mean because they say the same garbage. That's not what I'm saying. CNN was amazing when it came out. The idea that you could get 24 hours of real news covered on site, on location, and you can get out of home was amazing. And then it slowly turned into this, like, if it bleeds, it leads type of uh, headline spinning. And then it, it bordered on tabloid nonsense for a while. Then it became completely partisan. And 
like everything else in the media, it came, became completely partisan, and then it's, it's unwatchable at this point, right? Vice, when Vice started, there was a, a couple of years where I was like, this is cool, like, Vice is interesting. And then they started just posting garbage, and some of it's easily verifiable that it's nonsense. So anyways, so I, start, I stopped following this guy, but he, he's from Montreal. I think I've met him once through a friend of a friend. Unless I'm mixing him, with, mixing him up with someone else, it's possible. Um, so this guy is an investigative journalist. So he took time away from writing top tens, and he went to Ottawa. And I was like, this guy's there. He's going to live tweet it. I have no idea what his political affiliation is. I just, he's there. Like, how much could he fucking lie if he's live tweeting? Turns out a lot. Uh, and he does something really well. I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. One, the voice in which he tweets is very relatable. It doesn't come off as pretentious. It doesn't, excuse me, it doesn't come off as like he's not talking down to anyone. So he, he kind of comes off with this air of objectivity, right? Like I'm just a reasonable guy. I'm here. I'm a journalist. I'm here to document what's going on, right? But no, that is not at all what he's doing. And it irritates me. And I very rarely will tweet at someone because they posted something that I disagree with. Sometimes I'll write nonsense just to be a dick because I like to troll. But I'll never try to lure someone into like a debate on Twitter because it's, what's the point? But I have found myself so many times trying to get this guy to answer me because he's saying things that don't make sense. He's publishing articles while he's there that have the most like inflammatory and straw man headlines, right? And I'm watching this and, and, and I can see people supporting him and I was like, what are you talking about? And I'll use one example here. <clears throat> Within the Canada Unity, that, that whole organization uh, that's kind of organizing the protest, which it's not clear if that's exactly what's happening, but anyways, there is one group who months ago had a few members of that group. And, and by the way, I'm not, I didn't do the research myself on what I'm about to say. I'm taking this from what he said. All I'm doing is changing the order of the sentences because the way he structured it made it seem like, well, we'll get to it. So within this one group of many, there was a few members of many again who had posted Facebook comments to a group in support of stopping the vaccinations because they were an attempt to put 5G chips on us, right? I mean, I can't even say it without chuckling. I mean, as far as conspiracy theories go... It's up there on the list. Fuck, I mean, at least I hope. <laughs> so he spun it in such a way in the article, and I'm using the term spun for a very specific reason. He made it seem that this whole organization within the organization of Canada Unity and by association Canada Unity is made up of people who believe this type of thing. So instead of arguing, him, arguing with them on the points that they're trying to make right now, he went back and found a few random people and he basically, it's a straw man. It's, it, it's like, why should everyone have free health care? But you know what we don't have in Canada? Free gun care. So you're like, what? Like, yeah, how can you support someone who wants free gun care? You're like, we're talking about health care. And it's this back and forth of nonsense information that it just, I struggle with it because how do you have a conversation like that with someone and take them seriously. Like, are they, are they just trying to just to not have the conversation? It's very confusing. And that's why I said I don't really want to get into it. And I know I have been for about a couple minutes already. But it's a trend that I've seen online. 
I mean, it's, not, it's, it's, a, it's a trend as old as time. People have always probably done this. Um, but the second you have, you know, fact checkers and journalists, people who we would have revered a generation ago for the people who are going to bring us the truth, I mean, when they're not playing by the same rules that they've always played and they now have other interests, it's fucking scary. And, and then you look at the independent people and how many people are truly independent who have a reach? Like even Rogan, they paid him $100 million. $100 fucking million is a lot of money. So even to Rogan. So, like, is he truly independent? I know Spotify gave him the right to say what he wants, but now they're pulling episodes. So it's, no one's truly independent. I mean, I'm independent, but nobody listens to me. Like, I don't have a following. No one, and if I ever did get a massive following, some corporation, some company would come in and offer me money to say what the fuck they want me to say. And depending on how I felt in that organization, I might take the money, I might not. Would I ever allow myself to truly be censored in exchange for cash? Probably not on this show. I don't know. Eh, if I mean, look, if I turn out to be an asshole and this is not true and one day I take all that money, I mean, just remember, I got kids. Um, <laughs> no, but like my client work is censored. Like I've been working on this side project uh, that I talked about last time and we were talking about censorship and how governments control the internet and like I threw up some, some beat roll of the parliament and he's like, no, no, we got to take that out. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, I can't have that in there. I said, okay, I understand. I goes, it's not my video. I'm not expressing my opinions. It's yours. I get it. He's like, oh, no, I get it. I agree with you, but we can't leave that in there. And I was like, okay, I mean, money talks. But if you're confused because there was a, a jump cut, it's because we have neighbors who we've shared the floor with, floor with for, I mean, we've been here a year and a half, almost two years. They extended their space, and they decided that they're going to drill constantly. Okay, we spoke to them. They don't seem to give a shit. Um, they're still fucking drilling. I wonder if the mic's catching it, to be honest. It's very distracting for me, but the drilling is like, they're just down the hall, and we told them, like, look, we're a fucking production studio. Either we're producing podcasts or I'm doing client work during the day. So you can't just drill whenever the fuck you want. Like, you have to notify us so that we can try it. We're, we're neighbors. Let's try and... Like, let us know when you want to drill. We'll let you know what we have that we can't move, and we'll figure it out. They were like, no, fuck you. Not in those words, but they really didn't give a shit. Um, and I have a shoot after I finish this, so, I mean, someone's drill's going to go fucking out a window if, uh, if this isn't uh, rectified. Anyways, I, I told them at 11, so let's see what they do. Um, and sorry for the side note. It's just that people suck. People inherently suck. Everyone just fucking does what they want when they want. No one, I mean, I, I like to think that I try to take people into account. Like when I installed the sound panels in here, which was a really loud and very lengthy procedure, I emailed the building management. I said, look, on this date for about five hours, I'm going to make a ton of noise. Uh, I have to, uh, this is when the guy can come. I give them like a week and a half advance notice. I go, please let my neighbors know so that they're not like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, so they can schedule accordingly. Like, I'm giving you advance notice. And on the day of the drilling, a lot of people came to complain to me. And I said, didn't the building notify you? And they're like, no. So I went to the building management. I'm like, didn't you guys notice? They're like, why would we do that? I go, well, first and foremost, because I asked you to. <laughs> Uh, secondly, because it's the courteous thing to do. Like, we share the floor. I don't want to be making fucking noise. And it's not noise like, guys, this drilling, yes, it fucks all our recordings up to high hell. But it is so loud and so constant sometimes <laughs> that I can't work. Like, I'm editing and I can't hear the sound. So it's not like we're just like, oh, they're fucking up our recordings with a little bit of noise. It's a lot of noise because the building is made of concrete and, well, 
concrete takes all that low frequency sound and it vibrates because it's porous and it goes throughout the whole building. Anyways, enough about soundproofing, which we didn't do enough of, which I don't think we could have even if we wanted to. But to go back to what I was talking about, I just, I see these, these conversations that have no substance happening. And, I, and then I tell myself, I'm going to go on the podcast and I'm going to fucking call out this asshole. Why would I call out this asshole? I mean, if I call out this ass- asshole, this one guy, right? He might never see it, first of all. Second of all, I'm just putting attention on him, which I really don't want to do that. It's not like I want people who are listening to me to go and troll him. Like, that doesn't serve any purpose. The algorithm will push him up either way. The second you engage with him, that's why I try to fight not to engage. Um, uh, I don't want you reporting his stuff because he's not technically lying. He's just spinning stuff. And I hope most people are smart enough to realize that. But I'm not known for being hopeful. I'm a bit of a nihilist in that sense. Um, so like, what's, what's the point? Like of even doing it, I was like, why would I, why would I go out and call this guy out? Like, fuck this guy. But at the same time, it's my opinion. And this show is basically my opinion, right? I'm just shooting the shit. This is the kind of conversation. That's what I always felt this show became. It's the kind of conversations I used to, and sometimes still do, but COVID makes it differently, uh, difficult. It's the kind of conversations you would have with me if you met me in a random cafe. I, I'm infamous for having really long conversations with strangers. Um, I spent more time while I was in Sejep at a cafe talking to random people. I don't even know their names today. Like, I don't remember them. Uh, but I learned a lot from a lot of these people. I mean, from some people, I didn't learn shit. Like, <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, but it taught me how to code switch, it taught, like, to talk to people so that they feel comfortable. It's, it's interesting. I like getting other people's perspective. Um, I like being able to tell people my own. I like the sound of my own voice, obviously. So... It was interesting. And this is kind of how Fill My Hole has, it's found like, that's the home it's found. And the type of, it's a cafe conversation with Phil. Um, and these are the types of things I would talk about. I mean, like some of the cafes I go to now, they have big no COVID signs. So we try not to talk about COVID, but there's plenty to talk about that isn't COVID. And I, the one thing does come to mind, something that I knew I wanted to talk about on this episode. Sorry, I got to stay hydrated. Um, so I keep getting this targeted ad on Instagram. It's not, it's not just one ad. It's multiple ads following the same uh, recipe, I guess. Is that the right word? The same format, same style. Basically, it's a person <clears throat> sitting in a nice set, well-lit, like a talking head style video where they're saying, this video ad is no longer as effective as it used to be. And I was like, what the fuck? What is this? So I watch it because it catches my attention the first time, right? And they're basically going on about how Video is not about quality anymore. It's not even about story. It's just about more. You need more video. And it needs to feel raw and from a cell phone for it to have a marketing purpose. And I was like, sure, there are certain videos that do better when they feel that way, right? And then because I clicked on it, I started getting different ads that follow the same format. You know, uh, don't waste your money, buy these video templates, have professional grade, whatever, in five minutes. AI scripts, and I mean, AI scripts are actually really interesting. I've experimented with using them. It's not there yet, but it's cool. It could definitely, AI copywriting is interesting. Uh, not without its downfall, because you're not expressing yourself anymore. Some computer is putting together words based on a bunch of fucking analytics that it's gathered and statistics and data and making words that they think people will want to read, but it's not your voice anymore. So, but I understand the need for it. Like, I understand how it's useful. So I, I watch these videos, and then because of that, I get an Instagram, from Instagram, the actual Instagram, at Instagram account, I get uh, a message to, 
see what some creator is up to. Some like, I don't know, Instagram Academy or something. I don't know what they called it. I forget her name. It was something X. She's a director. And I use the term extremely loosely. And I was watching this new generation. So I guess they're Gen Z. They're probably in their early 20s now, right? Like mid to early 20s. So about 10 years younger than me. And I'm watching the stuff they're doing and being called directors, like filmmakers. And I was like, what the fuck is this? It's a series of jump cuts and match cuts. It's what TikTok kind of birthed into the ether. And I, I mean, I understand how sometimes it's cool and it's interesting, you know, the when they throw off their heads and stuff. I mean, these are not new techniques. They're just, the only interesting part about them is that they're doing them live in camera. Like that's tricky, that takes time. So I'll give them that. But like some of these videos, it, they're just a series of gimmicky cuts. And like I saw collabs with like big artists, like a whole thing with Will Smith. The video quality isn't great, but I guess it's good enough. But it's just catchy marketing videos, right? So I mean, yeah, that person is a, um, uh, a commercial director. They are. I, I, sh I shouldn't be an asshole. It's just like I look at the, the quality of, it's not the quality. What am I trying to fucking say here? I don't even know. I, I feel like an old guy ranting. I, I do feel that way sometimes, I'll be honest. Like, as a filmmaker, as a commercial filmmaker, because I'm not doing, like, I'm not making films anymore. I'm doing corporate work. Um, I look at myself in my career, which is a very different place than it was right before the pandemic. Like, I was established before the pandemic. Uh, things were going good. I had work. Uh, I was working on bigger and bigger projects. Every project had a bigger budget and I was able to hire more crew and I had people, on, not on staff, but like contractors. And then the pandemic happens and I went back to where I was three years before the pandemic, like mostly solo, uh, run and gun style stuff with okay budgets, but not enough to really like flex any creative skills with like a crew. It, it does happen, but it doesn't happen often. And then you have this movement of you can do everything for nearly nothing with a cell phone. And you're like, okay, wait, hold on what are you fucking doing? Like, how do you plan to make a living if everything costs next to nothing? Like, you can't work that much. But they're young and they're hip and companies like, oh, they're young and they're doing stuff. So I'm like, oh, I'm an old guy now. Nobody wants to work with me. Like, <laughs> which isn't true. I mean, people want to work with me. But the point I'm trying to make is there's this generational gap between the style of storytelling, which has always been the case. It always happens. There's always people on the front line and there's always people, established people bitching like me. But what I don't understand is there's no emphasis on the stories being told anymore. I don't really care about the medium. I don't really care that you want to use flashy cuts and shit. Like, it doesn't impress me that much, right? Uh, but what are you really producing? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, there's no art anymore. I mean, it is an art form in some sense, but there's no thought process behind that. Aside from the fact that if I cut from this camera to this camera and I make it go like that, it's going to be fucking cool. It's not, I'm going to invoke an emotion. I'm going to make the viewer pull, get, pull the viewer into something, focus their attention. It's just, it's going to be cool. That's it. And I feel like a lot of cinematography now is just, it's cool. But there's also not very much lighting involved unless it's fucking RGB lighting in the background because of TikTok again. Fucking, they love LED lights. I'll say that much. Um, <clears throat> so I look at that and I was like, okay, what? So these are videographers because they're not, they're not shaping the environment around them by light. Like even, that's the difference. I saw, this is another ad I saw and it was from a creator like myself, someone probably around my age and he, they were selling a course like a masterclass, but it was like a condensed thing, you know, like interesting 
I don't remember. I, I, fuck, it doesn't really matter. What's important is the image they had up was the same image two times of a woman being interviewed, like a documentary style. One was just the natural light in the environment and uh, like a weird angle. It was okay. And the other one had like, the light had shaped the environment. And one said videographer, and the other one said cinematographer. And I've always had a hard time, because um, people ask, like, are you a cinematographer or video, video, videographer? Why did I mispronounce that? Are you a cinematographer or a videographer? And I said, well, it depends on the situation. Sometimes I am a videographer, 100%, especially when I'm on location and there's no lights. But sometimes I'm a cinematographer. But even in the times that I am a videographer, like, here's a great example. Right now. You see two practical lights on my screen. I mean, for those of you who are only listening to the audio, I'm sorry. But to my left, there's nothing because the image is inverted. To my right, <laughs> fuck, there's this practical light. It doesn't actually light the room in any way, shape, or form. It just looks pretty. Then back here, there's an Edison bulb. Gives off no light. There is one other light, which I don't know if you guys can see if I zoom out a little. I'll move out of it here. I don't know if you can see this, but where it says 1501 on that poster behind me, there's like a, an orange hue coming down. It's a solar lamp. It's, a, it's like a prism dome with an orange light inside. Sorry, I don't know what just happened. The goal is to make it look like there's warm light. I have it up on the ceiling because I just think it looks cool. And I like that it looks like that orange light is coming from the Edison bulb behind me, right? I should have turned this way, but whatever. Um, so yeah, now, how am I being lit? By the sun, the ultimate, the ultimate gaffer, the sun. The best light source there is. It's tricky though, the sun, because it fucking moves. So if you're ever going to shoot for longer than 30, 40 minutes, it's going to move. In my last episode, it moved on me badly. I'm pretty sure anyone who watched noticed it got darker on me. But today, it's very, very sunny, but very, very cloudy, which is excellent for me because it diffuses the light and makes it soft. Another thing that I have happening is the windows in front of me are, I don't know, nine foot windows maybe. I'm not sure how big they actually are. But because the light from outside is still kind of harsh, I don't know if you can see it, there's a giant diffusion panel just up there, right? And it's softening the light that's hitting me. It's allowing other light to come into the room. But the, one, the, the light that's hitting me has this soft, diffused look, and there's also a shadow across from the windowsill, which is like causing negative fill near my hat, which is dirty, I just noticed. Anyways, so... Videography, yes, but technically I've taken the time to sculpt some of the light. Like I'm doing something with it. I'm creating a, a mood. If I just turned on the fucking house lights in here, like the ceiling lights, it looks disgusting. But to some, that would be fine. So am I really ever a videographer? I don't know. I mean, that's a question f for someone else maybe because I don't really think I care what I am. I know what I am. I'm just a guy trying to fucking make pretty images that tell some sort of story nine times out of ten. And every frame, I mean, it's an old school of thought, but every frame of painting, right? It's hard to do. It's not easy. It takes a lot of fucking, like, you need to be hyper aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, when you're doing it, how you cut it, right? So is every frame I've ever shot a painting? Fuck no. What's that fucking, that TikTok, the, are you an artist? Some say you're an artist. Are you an artist? Are you any good, right? That's the question. And it's Gattuso going, sometimes I may be good, sometimes maybe shit. And that's absolutely true. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Um, but if you don't make mistakes, you're never growing. And what's the point at that point? You're just doing the same shit over and over again. Like beyond that black door, there is a really cool fucking set that I've set up. And it's only cool because there's the, the, the physical things in the set 
are not interesting. It's a table, a chair, and another Edison bulb like the one behind me. Uh, what makes it interesting is the way I've layered the light. And it took me like a day and a half to really dial it in. And it's a mix of cool and warm lights and practicals. And I fucking, I love how it looks. Is it overkill for a YouTube series? Probably. But hey, listen, man, the client wanted something interesting. So that's what they get. Why did I do it this way? Because I wanted to draw the eye specifically. I wanted to set a mood. It has to do with technology. So I wanted that kind of noir neo cyberpunk vibe and i mean I'll, I'll release some stuff soon but but yeah so there's a lot of thought there so these these gimmicky camera movements yeah they're fun to watch but what's the fucking point and it makes me worry that this style has bled into mainstream film production and it's making people make movies that don't really have like i don't even look okay here here's another example I've been watching Euphoria, the, the Zendaya show, what's his name, Levinson's show. I watched the first season. At the end of the first season, I could not decide, had I just watched high art or high trash? Okay, I'm going to put this away. It's just a piece from my mic I've been playing with. I'm sorry. Is it high art or is it high trash? Now, is it just like soap, soap, op, soap operatic? I don't know. Like uh, teen trash, you know, teen sex and all that. Or is it really telling a fucking snapshot of culture, like in a true form, in a very, like the cinematography is very fucking interesting. It, and there's a lot of out of focus work and, and you can tell it's intentional. Another uh, criticism I've read is that there's too many fucking dicks. There are, a, I saw more dicks in Euphoria than I've seen my whole life. I mean, I haven't seen that many dicks in my whole life to be completely honest. But euphoria, just like there's constantly, constantly, constantly fucking cocks on scene, on screen. Even my wife was like, why is there so many fucking dicks? It's so weird. And I read the criticism and I realized at some point, because of the nature of the show and how it deals a lot with uh, masculinity, even though it's not obvious, it's a subtext, masculinity and what that means and how uncomfortable young boys actually are with their sexuality because of how the world expects them to act and a bunch of stuff. I realize the cocks only serve to make you uncomfortable because they're uncomfortable. And that's a profound thing to do, right? Because if there was a bunch of boobs on screen, no one's really uncomfortable with boobs. Everybody likes boobs. Straight women like boobs. Guys love boobs. Everyone loves boobs. They're boobs, okay? All of us have a pre-programmed, like, genetic predisposition to like boobs. Why? Because they sustain us when we're children, right? It's... Forget like uh, nurture, forget society for a second. Boobs feed us when we're little. We all know a boob is a good thing, right? Society teaches us though, cock, not a good thing all the time. And, and I mean, there's probably a genetic predisposition too to know that a, a dick can hurt you. Like no one's afraid of like a bucket, right? A bucket's not gonna hurt you. I mean, it could, it can hit you. You could get your head stuck in it. But, I mean, it's really not going to do any damage. A stick, though, a stick can fuck you up. A stick can hit you. A stick can go inside you. It can poke you. It's just the nature of the form, the form that these two different things take, right? Boobs or vaginas versus a, a dick, very different. I don't know why I went down that fucking tangent. But my point is, the dicks make you uncomfortable, okay? 
unless you're really into like teenage dicks for whatever reason and you just want to see teenage dicks, then I guess you're having a very different experience. Maybe the title of the show is very accurate for you, Euphoria. Um, but for the most part, most people get uncomfortable by all the fucking dicks, especially that they are underage. I mean, the actors are not underage, but underage dicks. So I thought of that. I go, hmm, interesting choice. I thought about it. It made me think, right? And I was like, I like that. I can respect that. And then I watched a bit more and I was like, okay, this is, I think this might be fucking art. This is high art. It's not trash. Then I wasn't sure again. And I was like, what happened? I don't even know. Then the storytelling starts to fall apart at the end of the first season. Um, but maybe it'll save itself. I'm not sure. Then COVID happens. So they miss, like they can't start production. So they do these two bottleneck episodes, both of which are these long form um, conversations. I, I mean, about 10 minutes into the first one, which is a diner conversation, I was like, wait, what's happening? We haven't, why haven't we left? Because the show is very erratic and the cutting is fast and the pacing is crazy. And this is just like a conversation. I was like, oh, interesting. A bottleneck episode, a closed set scene. It's the whole episode. Awesome. Except it wasn't. I was like, ooh, the acting was great. The writing was okay. But at some point I was like, why am I not able to follow this anymore? Do I just not care anymore? And I realized, because I can watch like a long form, I've watched like experimental films that are like an hour long conversation in a room and they're interesting. And I think this suffered due to the fact that it established itself as something else. And even I, who have the tolerance for a longer form, slower paced kind of story, because I was watching the fast, crazy world of Euphoria, I just couldn't do it. In the second bottleneck episode, they do a long take, like a seven minute long take close up which in the past, I'd be like, fuck yeah, like, yes, do it. But I just didn't give a shit. I was like, no, fucking cut away from this. I'm so bored. And then I got into the second season and I was like, okay, the cinematography's gone out the window. They're not even trying to do shit anymore. The storytelling is erratic and characters are just doing things that I'm very confused about. So I got mad again. Then they started giving me context and I was like, oh, there was stuff I didn't know. I was like, okay, I'm interested again. That changes everything. And then it fell apart again. I was like, okay, it seems like you added that in because you forgot. So... I, I have this, like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good show or a really bad show. Ultimately, does it matter? I'm not sure. It entertains me. I mean, for the most part. At this point, when we watch it, I just, I'm playing on my phone most of the time. I've kind of lost interest. But I'll say this. The fact that it's making me have this conversation is important. It's good in any show, in any visual content. You should have a, there should, it should invoke some kind of, not evoke, not invoke, it should evoke some kind of emotional response that you're like, what the fuck am I watching? What, is this good? Is this bad? You're talking with, about it with your friends. And it's interesting, right? And I guess I am kind of invested in the characters to some extent. I'm not all of them, but some of them. So it, uh, yeah, like, and then, I, and then I go back to my example from earlier about this fucking quality over quantity, fast cutting for the sake of fast cutting, and, and calling fucking video production stories, like video stories, calling them content. And, and I don't know where we stand. Maybe the metaverse, when it happens, will change that. Maybe somehow the stuff that exists outside the metaverse, like real productions and stuff like that, will somehow have like a revival of just pure story because I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I read that someone got gang raped in the metaverse. How does that even happen? Like, I have so many questions about that story. For starters, did Meta in Horizon, whatever it's called, the world's called Horizon Views, I think, 
Horizon. Anyways, did they code for dicks and shit? Like, did they code into the game that you can fuck? That's weird. Like, especially like now. I mean, maybe later on when the the source code becomes, you know, pretty much sentient. But like right now, there's really no need for dicks in Horizon. No dicks on the horizon. So, but I don't think they do have dicks. And I don't think you can get naked in the game. That would be weird. And even if you did, you wouldn't have genitalia. So, like, how do you get gang raped? I read in her quote that she, as soon as it was over, she pulled off her headset. What the fuck? Why didn't you say, hey, quit it? And when they didn't quit it, just take off your headset and exit. Like, you have an out. Uh, <laughs> I really don't even... How do you get gang raped in the fucking metaverse? In the 1.0 version of the metaverse? Like which is basically fucking Roblox. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I have so many questions. I almost feel like it's a fucking, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even going to say it because who knows? Don't blame the victim, right? It just feel, it feels fucking sketchy and fake to me. Um, I'll end the conversation on that. Talked about a lot of nothing today. Let's, let's reiterate that. I did. What else do I have that I could give you? Hmm. Interesting. I got nothing. No, I'm just kidding. So, yeah. So content, quality versus quantity and all that. And what the fuck am I even doing, right? That's how I feel sometimes. And then you just, like, I see these accounts that are producing, in my opinion, not trash. I mean, sometimes it's interesting. Sometimes. It's interesting to look at. But 90% of their content is more or less garbage. Like, there's really not a lot of substance there. They're, they're not providing you with anything. They're not teaching you something. It's just trash. And they have millions of followers. And I mean, that's, that's pretty fucked up. Like, if you think about it. And I was following another creator the other day. I'm following. I mean, I follow a creator. He's a, he's a YouTuber and an Instagrammer. I, I won't say their name for the purpose of this story. But, like, we've interacted a few times over the years, like, because we're similar field, similar age. And uh, he started sharing this thing called Buy Me a Coffee. And I was like, what the fuck is Buy Me a Coffee? Like, it triggered, like, a, a little memory synapse. Like, I'm like, I think I've heard of this. And this is, like, I think... I think it was pre-Patreon and pre-OnlyFans. I'm not sure, to be honest. But effectively, you can buy these people a coffee. And it's kind of clever marketing because instead of saying donate to my channel or subscribe or any of that, you can just donate like five bucks. Uh, I think it's like three, five, and 25 or three, five, and five. And each, each coffee is $5, right? They take a service fee. Obviously, it's an interesting, it's an interesting business model for the company, the buy me a coffee guys. So I messaged him, like, what is this buy me a coffee thing? So he told me, and I was like, that's so interesting. He goes, do you not have a donate button? I was like, no, why would I have a donate button? Like, my client clients pay me to make them videos. I'm not going to have them tip me. I mean, I do leave the tip feature on on my invoicing. No one's ever tipped me, and I don't expect them to. But I'm just saying, like, why would I ask someone who just paid me money? He's like, yeah, but you put out all this free content. I was like, yeah, it's free content. He's like, what if people want to give you something for it? I was so confused. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, your buddy has a Patreon. I go, yeah, my buddy puts out 195 shows a week. He has a subscription. It's like paying for a channel. And he's like, yeah, but people like to, people like to donate to things. And I was like, that's, that's completely anathema to every reason why I do this. And he's like, try it. You'll see. It makes people happy. So I made an account. I'm not going to share it anywhere. I'll, I'll bury it somewhere. I'm just like, so here's the thing, though, right? <laughs> I donated to him. After that conversation, I was like, I'll buy you a fucking coffee. I sent him like 25 bucks, right? He's like, why'd you send me $25? I was like, just because you said you needed the coffee. And we, and we chuckled about it. But after I did it, 
I kind of got it. Like, first, like I donated to. I really like his channel. I like the work he does. I like the stuff he says. I like the stuff he puts out. I think he works fucking hard. <laughs> and I, I gave him twenty five bucks, whatever, minus less five percent, right? Big big deal. Like I'm not saving this guy. I'm not paying his rent, right? But afterwards, I was like. I participated. I felt like I had participated and I completely get it. I like I do. Like sometimes when we do YouTubes and there's super chats on the morning show, I was like, why do people give money to talk to us? Like we'll talk to you anyways. It's it's confusing. But I realized there's like this it's it's like I can't explain it. It's it's weird. I mean anyone who's done it probably gets it. But like you like something, you respect someone, you appreciate the content you're getting from them, they're not charging you for it for the most part. And you're like Take five bucks, man. Thank you. And you're like, yeah, I helped. I participated in this process. And it was just interesting. Like, and, and I completely understand why people do it now. I've never really subscribed like in a pay form to anything, mostly because I don't have the time. Like I, I have a bunch of long form stuff that I consume on the regular and I, I struggle to get to it because I'm so fucking busy. But I've never... And I feel bad saying it. I've never subscribed to like a Patreon account or... Actually, that's no, not true. I, I was subscribed to a Patreon account at one point. But most of the stuff that I want to be watching, I mean, has been made readily available to me. Uh, one thing that has gone to Patreon and I probably will subscribe because I do enjoy it is uh, Sans Commentel, uh, Emil Khoury's uh, podcast with J Jacob Espian. Uh, because like it's fucking funny and I want to support the guys and I kind of miss that I can't see the videos anymore. Um... But yeah, like I, I get it. And this this whole concept of cutting out a middleman, even though there technically is a middleman, someone's processing the funds, but cutting out the middleman so that you can just give the creators what, like help keep these channels alive kind of thing, right? Like I like that. I like that that has happened. Um, would I ever move to like a subscription base? I don't think so. I mean, you, anyone who's watching me right now knows that I'm extremely irregular with my schedule of when I put out stuff, mostly because my primary source of income supersedes the want and the need to produce this show. So if I'm doing a lot of work and I just don't have the time or I'm so wrecked that I know if I sit here, I'm going to not be interesting. I mean, I want, I don't want to have that. I already have a lot of fucking deadline pressures from clients. We have the morning show, which is live. So I have to be there. So it fucks with my week a bit. Not, not that I'm complaining. I like doing the morning show. I'm just saying it, it, it restricts my scheduling. So, I don't want to have the, oh man, all these people, like they count on me to put out this, these shows and they're paying money and like now I can't. And then it's just extra stress on me. Maybe when my kids are a little bit older and like leaving at night doesn't mean, you know, my wife is alone with two psychotic little humans and like they're just chilling and doing their thing. Maybe then I'll start something a bit more robust in terms of like self-productions like this. But I, I don't think so. Like I like... I like that it's almost a surprise. You're like, I'm subscribed to Phil. Which, by the way, if you're not subscribed to Phil, please subscribe to Phil. Like, I'm not asking you for money. Like, don't for, ignore the coffee thing. Like, it's just an experiment that I did. Um, the only thing I actually ask is subscribe to my channel so that when I do make these, you can see them. Because I do like... I'm not going to lie. The endorphin hits me just the same as everyone else. I like getting views. I love the fuck... I love getting comments. Um... I got some mean comments on a couple of episodes recently, but that's a whole other story. Like, I don't even know why they were mad. It was very strange. Um, and they weren't public comments. Like, they DM'd me to, like, tell me off. Odd. I'll, I'll do an episode on it in, a few, like, a week or two. Like, it's a little fresh. The wounds still hurt. But, yeah. Subscribe to my channel. 
I'll be back next week. My name is Phil Balabanos. This has been Phil My Whole. But before you go, before you go, I know a lot of you are like, oh, he's done. He's just going to do his thing. If you need videos, if you need to make some kind of visual art content, if you want to make a podcast, I mean, I can help you do that too technically. Like I am an audio-visual like audio and video technician, uh, balabanos.com is where you can find all of that information. It is also the only place on the whole of the internet where you can see all of the videos that I've ever made. That's not true. All the videos that I've ever made that I'm comfortable still having people see because <laughs> a lot of them have been archived forever. Um, balabanos.com is where you can get in touch with me. Uh, all the links to like quick access links are everywhere. And I've been using a solo link. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. It's in the description. Instead of having like a bunch of links in the description of all my content on my Instagram, it's basically like a, it's like a link tree. It's, I mean, anyone who's been on Instagram has seen these things at this point, but I structured it nice. So like you can find everything. So if you want to jump onto the morning show after a podcast, uh, like watching film my whole, you can just go to the description of this video, hit the solo link and everything is right there. With pictures, so it's easy. No reading. Yuck. No one reads. Blah. My name is Phil Balabanos, and I'll see you in the next episode. Be good, be safe, and don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. When someone differs, when someone's opinion, when someone's, goddamn, when someone's opinion is different than yours, don't immediately start thinking about how to rebuttal while they're talking. Hear them out, and then have a conversation. I'll see you around. This podcast is available on YouTube in its full video form. If you're lazy and you don't want to Google it and you don't want to search on YouTube, balabanos.com, hit the podcast section. You can subscribe directly to the RSS feed there. My name is Phil Balabanos, and I'll see you next time.